thousand mile interpretation of Idaho right now is that Idaho shows up for the teams they respect, which is why we were able to hang with Wyoming and Weber State. And we, when we don't respect the team, we give about a C minus effort. That's how Central Washington hangs with us, even though they'll have the ball for 20 minutes. That's how we lose a game against Northern Colorado that we control. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold to the official unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I am your host, Chris, and with me as always, I have TJ. What's up, Vandals? And Brian. Good to be here, guys. And the best of all time, Alex the Boat Boatman. <sighs> Three weeks in a row. Glad to have you, Alex. I'm happy to be here, overjoyed. The boat. The boat. Uh, row that boat. <laughs> a reminder. That's what that's it's working for uh Minnesota, so we're stealing it. Uh, reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic big sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donate 8% of all profits back to local Idaho causes, even right here in Idaho. 8% of their profits are donated to local Idaho causes, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get ya ass some snacks. snacks. All right. Reading the Argonauts. Uh, one, we've got some basketball news. The basketball preseason polls will be, uh, out or very coming out really shortly after this podcast airs. And, uh, our very own Brian Marceau submitted the tubs at the club's big sky preseason, all American or all conference team and preseason polls. Brian, if you want to spend just a couple minutes before we go really deep into football here, kind of giving the people what uh, you saw for a little basketball preseason. Yeah, just to give you guys a taste, the Idaho was awful last year, but this year our roster is essentially 100, just about 100% new. Probably 90% new is, is a realistic number. ton of faces we haven't seen, which means no one in the media has seen Idaho, Idaho players play. So in my poll, um, there's 11 Big Sky basketball teams. I put Idaho at eight, but to make this Idaho-centric, I don't necessarily think Idaho is going to be eight. It's mostly that I ranked it. I ranked seven teams that I knew had more returning that had returning talent from last year that I'd seen play well above Idaho. I have no idea what Idaho's floor is, but I can promise you it's not good. The sorry, I have no idea what Idaho's ceiling is, but I can promise you our floor is not going to be what the floor was last year. I am confident there. Uh, but I put Idaho at eight. My top four for preseason Big Sky standings. I put Eastern Washington at one because they returned everyone. Weber State at two because they returned likely two all-Big Sky guards. Montana at three. They lost a ton of guys, but they have the preseason MVP, likely Saeed Pridgett. And then four, this is might sound like a, a sleeper pick, Southern Utah because they returned 100% everyone who contributed last year. And then my preseason all-Big Sky team, I didn't include any Vandal on there. Potential names that we could see that could creep up into an Idaho all-Big Sky team would be Trayvon Allen and uh, potentially Jack Wilson. Those are the preseason names to look at. My team was Saeed Pridget of MVP, Jarek Harding of Weber State, then Harold Frey of Montana State. 
Mason Peeling from Eastern Washington, then Bernie Andre from NAU, and Holland Woods from Portland State are my last guys in. Um, and I talked to a few media guys who their preseason team was pretty similar, and their top four in the Big Sky was pretty similar. But once you get out of the top four, really with how quickly basketball teams can turn over, there's a lot of un- unanswered questions about the Big Sky this year but especially about Idaho, which I think is great news considering the year we're coming off of. Thanks for the update, Brian. We're excited to see how your input pulls into the Big Sky Conference as a whole. Those polls should be released, and obviously when they do, I'm sure you'll find it on either the Big Sky Podcast Network somewhere or Tubbs at the club because we love our big, you know, Vandals love basketball. So around the bar, talking a little football now, uh, Idaho, you, the one thing you got to love about the FCS uh, and one of the things that makes the least amount of sense in the FCS. Uh, we're coming off of a 41-35 to loss to the number four team in the country, Weber State. Uh, with that, we are receiving votes in the AFCA FCS coaches poll. So um, we weren't last week, but even though we lost, we are receiving votes, which is cool because I think it shows something. Um, but, Brian, I mean – what did this game show? 41-35, uh, you know, our only second loss to a FCS school in the KB Dome since rejoining the FCS division. Um, you know, what happened? What did you see out there? First, I saw what a ton of fans have seen and what we've talked about, uh, which is, you know, Weber State is known nationally for having an elite defense. Charles Ocano, you know, I know linebacker was the most disruptive defensive force out there for a ton of that game. And my big takeaway is even though we lost, and I'm happy that we were competitive uh, this week, Idaho, man, we were flawed in that we don't have, we have some missing pieces both offensively and defensively, but we have a lot of talent on this team and we have a ton of talent that's going to return from next year. I'm a lot higher on this team after this week than last week um, against Northern Colorado, where that, that was a real rough loss. Uh, But some big takeaways for me, you know, we gained 405 yards against Weber State. Uh, Weber State's got an elite defense. That's a real solid showing from our offense. What There were two things that killed us. Uh, Mason Petrino lost three fumbles. Now, of course, not all those fumbles were, were, you'd say, were his fault. He he got hit while it looked like he was starting to throw. The timing was just too fast to be an intercept, for for it to be an incomplete pass. Uh, But... We've talked about before, Mason Petrino can't afford to have turnovers like that because he's not a guy like Dalton Sneed who's going to throw for 400 yards. But in addition to that, Idaho killed themselves with penalties. 12 penalties this game for 114 yards. We had 13 penalties against UNC for 130 yards. We've got some real strong pieces, but we do not score enough points to give up that many yards on turnover, on um, penalties and to lose the turnover and to give up three turnovers. Uh, but overall, you know, Fans should be happy about how we kept this game close because even though we scored real close, we we scored a kickoff turn for a touchdown at the end to make it a one-score game. This game was close pretty much all the way through. I kind of agree with you in the fact that one shout out Nick Romano that was awesome to have a kick return. Mm-hmm. I think they said it was the first kick return for a touchdown since like 2012 when we played Louisiana Tech. White lightning. So and I, that might have been at home, but I did hear that, and so that's you know that's really cool. It's good to see. White Lightning, Nick Romano, right? Is that what we're calling him? Um, But, you know, I I think there's a lot you can take away from this game, too. And I I think, you know, obviously, I could tell from a lot of the hashtag AskTATCs coming in this week that uh, a lot of people are worried about where the season is going, um, which is a fair point to be made. But you got to realize we were six points 
uh, away from uh, essentially a touchdown from beating the number four team in the country at home after our last home game being an upset against at the time number eleven Eastern Washington. So you you got to take some positives away from this game. For instance, like the fact that you you were a fake field goal away from winning this game at Weaver State. You know, kick that field goal. It's a totally different ball game at the end of the game. There, they're not up by six. Uh, you know, we still have to do our part to make sure we get that win. But um, it it took a fake field goal, a fake punt, uh, Mason Petrino fumbling the ball and losing it three separate times for us to lose to the number four team in the country. Anytime you have three, uh, I mean, Brian just hit on it. When you have three turnovers, which are fumbles. And you have over 100 yards and penalties, and you only lose to a top-ranked team who you were an underdog by, uh, by six points, and they had to pull out trick plays over and over again to pull it off. You got to take that away. You, you got to look at our schedule here. You know, other than the blowout loss to Penn State, who's very well turning into a possible playoff team. So you know that's what it is. But they're an incredible team right now. So you can't be too upset about that loss. And then we did beat Central Washington. I know it wasn't pretty, but that's the way it is. Then we played really close to Wyoming. I know everyone's like, oh, well, it's Wyoming. Well, Wyoming's sitting on this year 4-1 and one with a loss at Tulsa the week after beating us, but that was also only by three points. Tulsa, a very weird place to play, as we discovered in our loss to Northern Colorado. Um, and then they went on and smoked UNLV uh, the week after that, which, as anyone watched, that's what, they beat them by more than Boise State did last week. So... Uh, Wyoming is by no means a, a slack game either, and we were really close in that one. So what you take away from this game is be positive. We have Portland State, who look kind of hot, but they're starting to fade. Idaho State, who, I mean, they fell apart completely against Montana, so we don't know what they're like. They've got some chances out here in the next couple weeks to prove some stuff. Then we've got Cal Poly, um, Montana, Sac State, Northern Arizona, and I don't want to get too into it because I know there's hashtag TATCs about it. But honestly, it's not totally unthinkable to see us winning out. Now, will that happen? Probably not. We have some issues of coaching off of our, you know, on our offense. Um, so will it happen? Probably not. But if you're looking at this game, Montana should be the only game you really like. That one's going to be tough at Montana in Washington Grizz and possibly Sac State. So I think you know you got to look at this. That If you can play that well against Weaver State, beat an Eastern Washington team that well against Wyoming, um, you know, you've got a really good shot on the rest of your schedule except maybe one or two games. So I am coming off a, what I call a Vandal hangover. Of, we beat this Central Too Washington. Too many Montuckies at the corner. Well, court. you know, uh, obviously. But, you know, we get this Central Washington win. We count that as a dub. We come off, to, come off this Eastern win where no one thought it was going to happen. And then this hangover kicks in Greenlee, Northern Colorado. And it, it hurts. It does hurt. And then we get this kind of Monday loss, but things are going well with you. So we lose to Weaver State. That's totally fine. Um, act like it's we got a good grade back, you know, right? We get this test back. It's going well. Maybe, you know, later on in the day, you, you know, you kick ass at work. That's even better. I think this is a absolutely great thing for Idaho to, <laughs> to rally back from from where we started from with that Northern Colorado loss to know that we can play against these teams in the FCS and in the Big Sky. I mean, for what we put up against Weber State was freaking awesome, and the position that we were were even great. Um, but, you know, we're still waking up a little bit, and I think next week, as we'll cover here in a little bit, is... 
is us fully coming back alive. And, uh, yeah, I just think we're kind of coming off this lull a little bit from that, still from that Northern Colorado game. And we show that we can do it against Weaver State, even though they're fourth team, uh, fourth team, number four team in the country. And uh, we can show, we can show the FCS what's up. See, I would say that we weren't coming off. I mean, we were coming off a lull against Northern Colorado, but the fact is, I think we played balls to the wall against Weber State. Um, yes, we ended up losing, but that was the number four team in the country, mm-hmm. and like I just covered. So, I mean. Hangover or not, I think they came out with a great performance against Northern Colorado. If anything, Weber State's a good defense. We knew that. They forced turnovers. They hit me. Well, Mason definitely just dropped one. So we'll say they forced two turnovers, um, which still ended up being the difference in the game. So I wouldn't say it was a hangover. I would just say we we played great, just Weber State was a little bit better. Boatman? You know, this game was interesting. Um, I love Brian's points about – you know how much how much yardage we gained and penalties. Um, our offense moved the ball, but you you just can't keep making mistakes. We just keep shooting ourselves in the foot. You know, twenty five penalties the last two weeks. Um, let's see, six turnovers the last two weeks. Those are things you cannot do and expect to win football games. Uh, we are trending in the right direction in terms of overall performance. Um, but you cannot expect to win games with 25 penalties and six turnovers in two weeks. That's a, that shows a lot of undisciplined football. I remember in 20, 2016, I know I referenced this so much, but we were one of the um, least disi- we were the one of the least penalized teams in college football. I think we were like the second least pl- penalized team in call in the in the Sun Belt in 2016. We had like five or six penalties a game, and it's amazing what happens when you have so few penalties. And how much it helps your team. Um, you know, you can't be putting yourselves in holes offensively and defensively. We need to we need to pick things up because I, I would like to see wins. And until until you know these performances are okay, but I'm feeling like 2017 all over again, where we would stay in games. We play teams tough, but we need to win games. And this next week, I'm I'm just you know we haven't won a road game um, since Georgia State in 2017. So, you know, this performance overall good. There's some guys that have some good performances, but we just need to clean some things up. There's hope for this team. Um, you know, talking to some guys, um, you know, Coach Petrino's mood. Basically, Sunday night, Sunday night meeting, he said, uh, you know, guys, um, we're two to three plays from winning um, these last two games. Um, Heck, but, two or three out of the last four, if you count Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. So, we're you know, we're th- two to five plays away, three to five plays away from being – <laughs> a, a one-loss team to Penn State. Um, but overall, his mood was pretty positive from what I heard. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, upsetting. Um, it basically said, guys, if you want to make the playoffs, you need to go 6-0, and and that's bottom line. If you want to make the playoffs, this team has to win out. Can this team win out? It could. Will this team win out? That's a different question. I, I think, Alex, if we were doing closing points, I, I 100% agree with you. I think you look at this, uh, as far as the season's gone so far, like you said, I mean, we have a six-point loss, a three-point loss, and a five-point loss. Every single play, is we have a chance at the end of the game to win it. Um, it's just putting that together. If we can start to put that together, we could very much win out. The problem is they haven't given us a lot of confidence because they've had three games where they've had that opportunity and failed. So. That's kind of where I'm at is they've been there. 
like to see them start doing it. They need to do it on the road, which uh, that will be hard because we got Montana on the road. Yeah, and I think we need this type of thing, especially for that team and our fans ourselves. Um, coming into this week, because I know we'll transition in this game, but that win is what we need, and that will rally to the rest of the games. Just confidence-wise is what we need. This week, according to the Versus Sports computer rankings, we have number 58, Idaho, at number 64, Portland State. They are 3-3 three and three on the season. Uh, their mascot is the Vikings. They are coached by Bruce Barnum, who's in his fifth season. He's 16-29. and 29. They will be playing in Hillsboro Stadium in the nice suburb of Portland, Hillsboro. It holds 7,600 people. Fun fact is uh, they did win the 2015 Big Sky, and they had the best recruiting class according to 24-7 sports of all scholarship FCS programs in 2019. Uh, a lot of talent coming out of Southwest, Southwest Washington. So um, they're very cool or a very tough team uh, and a lot, of, a lot of young studs. They'll be playing game times at 2.05. Don't know why uh, the 05 is there, but it is at 2.05 Pacific time. Uh, you can watch it on BigSky.com and uh, Pluto TV as usual. Um, guys, what is it going to take? For Idaho to be able to win this game, Brian, take us take us away. No, I'm going to dip back into our last conversation about Weber State for a second. And one thing fans should keep in mind: uh, Weber State is the kind of team that over the last two years Idaho has uh, historically done well with, which is teams that don't um, pass the ball that much and teams that t uh, typically don't score. Even though if you saw the box score, uh, we let Weber State score 41. That That is a problem for us. Weber State doesn't have a great offense, but you know, positive for us is our offense also scored 35 against one of the best defenses. So shifting that to Portland State, you know, Portland State has a much stronger offense than Weber State. And their two FCS, in Portland State's two FCS games um, in a blowout loss to Idaho State, they still gained 505 yards. Uh, the thing that Idaho State did against Portland State was kill them with big plays, which we will not threaten them with big plays the way Idaho State could, because Matt Strzok has an arm that Mason Petrino doesn't. And then Portland State killed Southern Utah. Uh, they scored 52. By the way, Southern Utah is terrible, so it's not like the, it's not the fact that they blew out Southern Utah that is a big deal for us at all. It's more that Portland State was able to hang 52 points on the board, and in a second consecutive game, they gained a ton of yards. They had 400, 473 total yards against Southern Utah. Uh, Davis Alexander's looked a lot more steady this year than he did last year. That's a Portland State quarterback. He's all, he's a, a dual threat a bit in that he can run, although he's a pretty strong passer. Um, and also Portland State has the best um, NFL prospect in, all, in the entire big sky. I've, I'm going to absolutely butcher his name, but it's the tight end. Uh, his name is, I think it's Charlie. Charlie. Ta Tomopo, something like that. Tomopo, yeah. Yeah, the best. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's a receiver to keep, to watch out for. He um, might he, be he, a tight end. he might be playing on Sundays. Yeah, He's supposed to be. He, yeah, exactly. Portland State's got some talent. Um, it, it'll be an interesting thing for us to see because the, offensively, Portland State is probably um, stronger than Weber State, but theoretically not as strong as Eastern. Um, so it'll be it'll be important for our offense to keep their offense off the field. I mean, it, it's going to be tough because we don't really know what Portland State is. Too. That's. That's kind of where my point is. Um, then we haven't run won a road game in the FCS. So that's when you look at my biggest concerns going into this one is how are we going to get the win? Because we haven't proven to be able to do it. And you're going, well, it takes an easy team to win. But 
We didn't do it against Northern Colorado. So um, we haven't been able to do it. Portland State, uh, record's a little deceiving. They are 300 – or sorry, they're 3 for 3, uh, so they're 500 on the season. But um, they, they're getting a lot of praise by how they played Arkansas to uh, only a six-point loss at the very beginning of the year, which is impressive in its own. But then they followed that up by win against Simon Frazier, big win, 70-7, uh, spanking to the team down south. Uh, and then they beat Eastern Oregon, who's also not D1, 59-9. But then they were, they were supposed to be good because that Arkansas game, and they handled these D2 and lower opponents. And then they get – their teeth kicked in 51-24 by Idaho State um, in Pocatello. And then uh, they played great. Uh, they, they won by 21 against Southern Utah, but Southern Utah has pretty much been in the bottom of the Big Sky Power Rankings uh, all season. So we, I don't know what to expect. I'd like to think we're better than 21 points against Southern Utah. So I think we've got a shot against Portland State. I think if this was in the Kibbe Dome, we, we'd win this one by probably 10 to 13 points. Uh, but it's not, unfortunately, and I don't know what to expect of this team on the road. Uh, the only good road appearance we've had was against uh, Montana State, and uh, Brian touched on it with his Weber State comments. They're a more similar team to us. It's like looking ourselves in the mirror when we play Montana State or Weber State, but uh, that's not the case with Portland State. they got a lot of athletes, and uh, they're going to try to put up numbers. Uh, Barnum's a big goal. You know, Portland State founded the run and shoot offense back in the day. They still like to spread it out and put up points. Uh, it's going to be tough for us because our secondary, unfortunately, has it looks improved from last year. But uh, hopefully, because last year's secondary was not very good. But they haven't really looked like they are going to be able to stop some passing teams, which will determine how our season goes. As we have Sac State, Montana. Uh, Idaho State all on our schedule in Portland State, so and NAU. So we've got a lot of pass-happy teams. you got to figure it out because if you don't figure it out, we're not going to have a chance in any of these games coming up except maybe the ones at home because apparently we play, we're just a different team at home. But just get the road win. That's really all I'm concerned about. I don't care if it's the ugliest road win ever. If we just win 3-0, to zero, just 2-0, to zero, get, get the road a win. I'm tired of us losing on the road. If we can't win on the road – uh, the the season's pretty much written off if it, if it isn't already. And for those um, for those uh, baseball fans out in Boise, um, the Boise Hawks play a divisional game against the Hillsboro Hops, so that'll be the same team or same stadium that they play against uh, Portland State. They play in the Hillsboro Hops stadium, and matter of fact, the Hillsboro Hops also won the. Uh, single a short season championship this year not relevant to anything that we're talking about right now <laughs> no thanks tj no. yep uh, but, uh, um this is a extremely important game for the vandals and the big sky right now um what are we going to be at the end of the season it'll either be top or bottom half of the big sky and this is a team that we need to be to distinguish that um it's not going to be a pretty game it's not going to be an athletic game it's going to be a grinded out get this win game and you know i think we've said it a couple weeks ago it's you know it's not about the x's and o's O's, about the jimmies and joes but it's kind of real in this game i mean hopefully we can make plays to pull this out um but that's what really matters in the end is how we played against them um, to get this win, and uh, yeah, I, I, it is important in that matter. 
I'm just on vandal exhaustion right now. You know <laughs> how it should be like I'm the coming, peak of the season. I'm coming off this, you know, two game loss right now, and um, I I just don't know how to feel. I think taking this win will make a big difference for me on how I outlook this season, but it all depends on what happens on Saturday. It, it is huge for getting momentum in the homecoming yeah. because attendance is is dreadfully down. So homecoming is usually well attended. Mm-hmm. A loss of Portland State. I, I don't know. Hopefully a win. I don't know if you're even going to get anybody with a win at Portland State more. I don't know. But I don't want to find out the other way either if we lose. Right. You Sorry. know, this Portland State team, I can't quite get a read on them. Um, they are 3-0 at home. They are 0-3 on the road. They have won their home games. Um, with uh, They put up 181 points combined in their home games, only giving up 47. Granted, two of those, one's against a D2 team, one's against an NAIA team. Um They've only played two FCS teams so far, which uh, they got killed by Idaho State and they killed Southern Utah. So do with that as you will. Um, I think this game for Idaho needs to be more about themselves and not focus on Portland State. I think this game, instead of focusing on what Portland State does well, if Idaho goes in there, plays their game, and limits mistakes, and that means turnovers and penalties, um, we can get this game with one turnover maybe, and I'd be happy with, you know, eight, at this point, seven penalties. There's no reason that Idaho cannot win this game. Um, that's the type of mentality Idaho used to take is not so not worry so much about what Portland State is doing, but more worry about what you are doing. Just do your job, limit mistakes, and um, Idaho should be able to walk out of there with a win. Uh, you know, like I said, it's been a while since we won a road game. It's been one year, ten months, and one week um, since we have won a road game. And that was on Turner Field in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, our last game in FBS. So, um, you know, hopefully if this team kind of comes and responds the way I think they may, hopefully they should or hopefully they can, um, we, you know, might see some positives out of out of this game coming up. So we need to go on there and do our thing. And uh, I think we should take care of business if we, if we just do that. Absolutely great points. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's important. Is um, This game pretty much is the season's on the line. If, if you lose this one, there's no playoffs. Uh, there might not be playoffs if you win all of them anyways. Um, I, I would think so. We have close enough losses. Uh, but conversation for another day. It doesn't matter if we don't win this. We'll talk playoffs when we get closer to the playoffs. Real quick, real quick, Chris. Yes. Last, last year when we were playing, um, we knew there was one game we knew that if we had lost, we were definitely out of the playoffs. And that game was Montana State, which looking back on it, Montana State is a really good team. They won a playoff game last year. But we knew we if we had lost that game, we were not making the playoffs. It's the exact same weekend as last year. It's uh, We played them October 13th. is October 12th. We came out there. Sure, we lost in the end. But we responded really well after a couple tough losses that we probably – after games we played terrible in. So if this team has any parallel, I really have high hopes that we come out and respond really well on the road this weekend. Yeah. Respond, trying to make the playoffs. I, we know. I think our guys know. If we don't win this game. We're not in the playoffs. Yeah. So hopefully that's a little fire under their ass. Yep. You. You've. I mean, it's. It, we're in must-win time. This is the. Uh, the unfortunate side of being in the FCS. Um, it doesn't matter if you go six and six. Six and six doesn't get you in the playoffs. Six and six got you in the bowl game. Six and six have some of the Vandals' favorite memories. Um, but we're not there anymore. So we need to win seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games every year. Um, to really have a shot 
And uh, the way my, the Montana schools and Weber are rolling, I mean, <laughs> you're not going to win the conference. So uh, you, you got to make some bit some statements here. You need to hope for Sac State to keep looking good, Idaho State to keep looking good, and to just handle those teams when they get on your schedule. Uh, score predictions versus Sports Simulator has a 37-35 Idaho loss. So they have it close. Pretty much just that being in that very tough environment of the Hillsboro Stadium. Uh, Alex, <laughs> what do you got the score being? Oh, I think it's going to be a more lower scoring affair. I thought the same thing last weekend. Uh, completely wrong. Our offense actually moved the ball. Their offense moved the ball. We had a kickoff return for the first time in like six years. Holy crap. Light um, lightning. But yeah, uh, but this game is supposed to be low 50s, a little windy on Saturday in Hillsboro. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Idaho 20. 24 Portland State 17. TJ? Mm, in that baseball stadium, Hillsborough Hops. Shouts out Brian Russo. Uh, I'm going to go 28 21. Vandals. Uh, ooh, shock the world, Chris. I'm going to go 55 20. I don't think Por- I don't think Portland State's that good. I thought they were, and then. What would you say? Sparta! I'm still not convinced Idaho State's that good, to be honest with you. So. No. Um, I think we're going to handle Portland State. Brian? I'm going to cover the bases. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say 38 uh, 31 Portland State. And I I actually think Idaho should should win this game in terms of being the more talented team, but one thing I don't know if our fans are aware of this. This is not just like Big Sky Podcast Network people. This is kind of the Big Sky media as a whole. They're you know, thousand mile interpretation of Idaho right now is that Idaho shows up for the teams they respect, which is why we were able to hang with Wyoming and Weber State. And we, when we don't respect the team, we give about a C minus effort. That's how Central Washington hangs with us, even though they only have the ball for 20 minutes. That's how we lose a game against Northern Colorado that we controlled. Portland State, I think, is, a, is I don't know if this is a team that I can blanketly expect our team is going to respect and show up and have the crisp kind of performance we need, because it's not like Portland State sucks. Um, But I I hope I'm wrong, and I hope this can be a catalyst for our team being a little bit more consistent in terms of showing up to play every single week, regardless of whether it's a high-profile game like Eastern or the worst, theoretically worst team in the conference, UNC. Yeah, that was Tutel Nuanas that hit that. We we have the the FBS mindset where we still have all those players that recruit to be FBS, so they get up for teams that they consider good and – what they would be willing to play against, and we we're playing down to people that we think we're. We've been doing this for years. Oh yeah. Look back, look back at Montana State in sixteen. Look back at Sac State in seventeen. Uh, struggling there. Real quick, Idaho is a point and a half dog, according to Five Dimes. So yeah. that is the the line currently. So versus Sports Simulator, pretty much right there, thirty-seven, pretty thirty-five. Close. So they're uh, saying take uh, Portland State with the one and a half. Uh, do you wish Idaho had a better national image? Do you want Idaho to find the next great coaches and maintain all the great ones we already have? What about winning more Big Sky national championships? Well, these are all things that your local Vandal Scholarship Fund are a part of. All of this and much more, uh, fulfilling their most important mission, making sure all our student-athletes are awarded scholarships. There is no better time than now to give to the VSF. The ICCU Arena has broken ground. Our student-athletes are reaching historic marks on the courts, fields, pools, and most importantly, in the classroom. Show our new leadership 
that you are proud to be a Vandal and that you are excited to help donate to your local VSF today and help Idaho reclaim its lost decade. Trust me, I've been near that IACC. You're the first one in it. Campsite area. <laughs> Non-construction crew in it, maybe. You want to be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> TJ, we'll get you a brick right yep. where you jumped the fence. Thank you. <laughs> uh, corner stool takes. Brian. My corner stool take is that I have completely changed how I'm choosing to understand this year's Idaho team. Now, obviously, I want us to win games, but I'm viewing this year as a growth, and that's what I care about. And the reason why I'm going to read you read you guys a few names. Charles Oconda, one of the best defenders in the Big Sky, junior. Trey Walker, one of the best linebackers in the Big Sky, sophomore. Christian Ellis, we all know him, junior. DJ Lee, wide receiver, sophomore. Cottrell Haywood, sophomore. Noah Ellis on our defensive line, sophomore. Andre Carter and our stable running backs are all freshmen or sophomores. Man, we got a ton of talent coming Super, that's yeah. going to be coming back next year. I think there's potential for us this season to have a storyline similar to Montana next year in that Montana had a ton of potential last year they didn't realize. I'm, I'm not going to bet on us hitting the ceiling that I want us to hit. I just I want to see us show reasonable growth so that next year – we have we have realistic hopes, but that my corner stool take is I've officially shifted how I'm choosing to understand this team. TJ, I'm going with uh, uh, the Idaho Vandals basketball team wins the Big Sky. Idaho Vandals men's basketball team wins All right, the Big we're Sky. We're on a we're on the football podcast. No, you said that you said corner stool take could do with anything. Oh my, okay. If he's going to talk about minor league baseball, I suppose anything's That's on the true. table. Thank you very might much. As well, <laughs> might as well hit them all. I think House of Vandal across the in the RMAC. Let's give it two episodes ago where you said that anything can go with corners will takes. Uh, I said no with, more score predictions. I guess I should have. No That's on me. No all football right. takes. All anything right. at all. I'm going to say the men's team wins the conference this year outright. I'm not sure how we'll do in the tournament. New coach, new <laughs> players. We win the big sky by shock. You can't do any worse than Berlin in the tournament. There you go. Bang. Um, I actually want to – Brian, I love what you said. I mean, I touched on it kind of last week with my thing. Yeah, we're super young. But I challenge you, I think we're closer to being Montana State than Montana because I think all we need to do is figure out our quarterback situation, and we're there. Uh, but my corner stool take for this week is – I think we win five out of the last six. I really do. I think Montana Mon- Sa- Montana, and Sac State are the only two games I would put us as losable. Um, but uh, I want to say, to take one out of Brian's book, my head pick is we're going to lose to Montana. My heart pick is we beat Montana and then probably lose to Sac State. But... I, I and that might still be good enough to get us in the playoffs because I think our resume actually looks pretty dang good if you take out the uh, Penn State loss and the UNC loss. Well, yeah. yes, <sighs> but everyone that happened. I thought I thought that was a bad dream. <laughs> um, Alex, um, my chorus will take um, Idaho at wins uh, four four of its last six go six and six. Barely miss out of the playoffs. A couple heartbreaking bowl losses. Bowl eligible. Bowl <laughs> eligible. Back to the potato bowl. They'll take us. Uh, I think there's no they rules might against still them. Take us. I think there's no rules against them not inviting any team they want. I don't know. 
Anyway, could we be um, the only FCS team other than but, the HBCUs in the bowl? That'd be pretty exactly. sweet. But real quick, a bonus course we'll take. Mason Petrino is going to finish with more passing yards and touchdowns than Matt Lenahan did in 2017. All right, cut him off. Cut him off. Real quick. Well, listen. he missed four games at the end of 2017. Oh, you're right. So that doesn't count. Excuse me. I'm going to look at 16 stats. Real quick, Mason is on on pace for 21 over 2100 passing yards and 19 touchdowns. However, five interceptions. So we are moving the ball. We just continue to shoot ourselves in the foot when we get into the critical zone. And Mason is also completing 63% of his passes, um, which I'm just kind of looking at his numbers. It's kind of surprised me a little bit. But we're moving the ball. We're doing things, but we just cannot quite get there. So that is why we're going to win four of our last six games. All right, all right. I like it. We got some maybe everybody needs to get off the stool, cut them off takes, but I like it. Uh, Bandle positivity. We need that. I've seen the attendance numbers. Hashtag ask TATC. For those of you that missed last week because you were too upset after Northern Colorado, we switched it up on you. Instead of having two questions this year that we're going to pick, we're now each, now because Alex is a part of the podcast full time, we're going to get four hashtag ask TATCs, but each person is just going to pick one. So you're going to get four different takes, but that's it. Just one person is going to cover it, but that way you get four questions read um, and four different opinions on stuff. Uh, we are going to start out with TJ. I appreciate the start. Um, as I was ready, as I, as I motioned you, I was ready to go. Um, my TATC is brought to you by Dallas Hammer. Um, what will happen to Petrino after the season? What, what has to happen for him to continue as a head coach or controversially get fired? Um, I look at this as kind of a marker thing. And it's... Interesting to compare as I compare it to the school across the Palouse, as kind of the markers they have to hit. Um, but I think he has four markers to hit. I think it has to be win the Division Two game, win the Eastern Washington game, win the Montana game, and win the Idaho State game. And it's you know I I understand if you win all those games and lose the rest, it's it's not a winning season, but that's kind of definitive for what makes Vandal football is if, if you know even if you don't have a winning season if you win the little brown stein and you win the battle of the domes you are in good shape you know it's as a comparison to if you lose all your games in the pac 12 if you beat washington you have <laughs> you have an okay season so as comparison to i think you go off four markers for what petrino petrino can keep his job I would say he's beat Central Washington. Um, he's beat Eastern Washington this year. Who knows what's happening? You know, the years pass. But if we're going off this year, he's beat Central Washington beat this year, or Eastern. Um, ISU is in two weeks or next week. And then Montana, if he checks off all those boxes, I don't, I don't see why. You know, one, he's not in position. He could be in position to make the playoffs. And two, be in position to control the state of Idaho let alone the Northwest. So I think that's huge for him. Um, so following those markers, as far as Petrino goes, if he hits all four of those games, that's huge. And I think he keeps his, his, his place. Uh, Alex. Um, so I am going with Montana Parlay's question. Uh, at Montana Parlay on Twitter, how do Idaho fans feel about being underdogs at Portland State? Um you know, I feel I feel like it's deserved. We deserve to be underdogs. Um, we barely won this game last year. This was a really close game. I think we only won by 
Um, uh, what was the score of that? It was it closer was, than I. It was by I thought it was twenty-one zero. No, they scored no, some points. Yeah. I think they. I think they did. It was like twenty-one to four, twenty-one to ten. They were close at one point. They were driving on us. We kind of shut them down towards a while. Ty Graham and murdered their quarterback, but we deserve to be um, underdogs. We are two and four. They're three and three. They're undefeated at home. We haven't run a, won a road game in almost two years. Um, you know, underdogs though was a really close, close term because um, in a Vegas sense, this is almost a pick 'em. We're only point and a half dog. Uh, and until this Idaho team wins a road game, we should almost be underdogs at every single road game from the rest of the season on. So just a teeny thing to add. I did quick research. Alex, you were more correct than I was on the score. We won 20 to seven against Uh-oh. Portland state Uh-oh. last year. We scored 20 in the first half and then we didn't score at all in the second half. So that's part sounds, of how they, they brought it closer. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. Uh, sounds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't have strong second halves. Yeah, we are like not a second half weird. team. Yeah, not can I, point app state in can, 2017. Can I change my score prediction? And uh, we go up <laughs> 48 to 6 and then don't score the Was rest of the at game. At halftime? <laughs> yeah, halftime. And then we don't score the rest of the game and let them get into about the 20s. Um, uh, I'm going to read. <clears throat> sorry, edit that part out. Wax Sparty Pants at, or sorry, Sparty Pants. He's changed it. At Wax Sparty Pants. At Tubbs of the Club, what's the best-case scenario for this season after today's game? Hashtag AskTATC. Um, man, I feel like I actually covered this one pretty well the whole podcast. But, uh, yeah, you know, the best-case scenario is we still make the playoffs. Uh, we don't really know what this team is, know how much we want to pretend like we do here. Um, but we've had close games against good teams, and we've had very – Sketchy games against bad teams like Northern Colorado and Central Washington, who, you know, Central Washington we've covered as a good D2 school, but still D2, it shouldn't happen. But this team could very easily be that team that went toe-to-toe with Wyoming, that went toe-to-toe with number four in the country, Weber State, and who's turning into a real national championship contender in front of our eyes. We went toe-to-toe with them, losing by less than a touchdown. But at the same time, we got smoked by 70 to Penn State. We barely beat a Central Washington team, and we lost to Northern Colorado. So I think this is a better case of how high is our best-case scenario and how low is our worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, um, you know, there, there's a good chance we maybe only win one or two games left on, this, on the schedule. We, we have very uh, toss-up kind of games on the schedule. If you're viewing how we're viewing us now, of are we good or are we bad? We give, if we're good, we'll beat most of them. If we're bad, we'll lose most of them. If we get the teams at home, we'll get the teams at home. But as far as best-case scenario, you beat Montana, you feel great about it. TJ covered it. You beat Idaho State, you feel great about it. You control all the upper inland empire. Um, that is yours. It helps with recruiting going in the offseason. You probably won't get a host a playoff game. Uh, well, you probably might get a host a playoff game, but you won't be seated. And then people will actually tune in and watch Idaho games from around the country and realize that we're averaging about 5,000 fans at a game and go, and these guys thought they were FBS because, uh, I don't know, the fans are just gone. I uh, did the math. We only had like two games under 10K from 2014 to 2017. But um, I don't know. I, I, I would, We could still make the playoffs, and I hope we do because I think that would actually rally the fan base. But there's a chance we win one or two more games the rest of the year. You're sounding like TJ these days. 
How so? Optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> According to uh, Hot Take Nate, I'm the internal optimist. Yeah. That's why I drafted <laughs> the team Bobcats. You're um, the biggest fan of I, fan. I, I, <laughs> he should have known as the internal optimist. I have, I have not given up yet. Yeah, I, f- my, I wear my emotions on the sleeve, <laughs> kind of like Paul. Um, all right. Mr. Martin. <laughs> hey, don't you dare tell my son that, all right? Uh, uh, Brian, round us off. Okay, I'm going to answer a, qu- a question from Dan Vandal. That's at Dan Neuenfeldt. Forgive me if I got that name wrong, man. Great so Dan's game. question is how many games in our remaining schedule will we be favored in, and what do we have to do to make the playoffs? Uh, just I'm going to answer the second part first because Chris kind of got to it. Our only route to the playoffs is to win out, and that still might not be enough. Um, so in terms of playoffs, that's it. We win every single game, and we might have a chance. If we lose a single game, there is no discussion. Uh, that's one of the things about the FCS is it is statistically harder to get into the FCS playoffs than it is in the FBS to make a bowl game. That's that's just how the situation is. Yeah. Uh, part two, well, actually part one, how many games in our remaining schedule will we, will we be favored in? We have six games left. We have this week at Portland State. We have the next two weeks at home first versus Idaho State then uh, versus Cal Poly. After that, we travel to Montana. Then Sac State comes to, to Moscow for our, our home finale. And then we close the season out at Northern Arizona. Out of those six games, so we already know we're not favored at Portland State. We're 1.5 dogs, which, which is pretty close to, to Vegas saying, hey, it's going to be a close game. Um, Idaho State, first, I think we're only going to be, we only have a shot to be favored going into the game. I'm using the Vegas term favored. Um, in our two home games versus Idaho State and versus Cal Poly, um, there's just no prayer we're favored against Montana. Montana looks like you know top five team right now. They've killed everyone they've played. They haven't played anyone good, but they've killed everyone. Um, and Sac State is looking just as good as Montana in their couple F- FCS games. Um, and also Northern Arizona, um, they're not a great matchup for us. Flagstaff's a hard place to get to. I just don't think we're going to be favored in the second half of the season. So likely it's um, at homecoming versus Idaho State and then November 2nd versus Cal Poly. Um, And of those games, uh, the question didn't ask how many I think we're going to win. Uh, But if you're looking for us to be favorites versus Idaho State versus Cal Poly, Cal Poly is the best matchup we have left uh, in terms of teams that are are run first. Idaho State, it's a real big question. Uh, Ty Flanagan's one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, but Matt Strzok looked awesome against Portland State, and then he uh, really didn't do that much against Montana. So it's unclear what they have at quarterback. The guy can throw, but uh, we don't know yet if he just had one real good game against Portland State or not. All right. I think we hit them all. Hashtag AskTFC. If you ever want to hear yourself on the segment, if you ever have burning questions, if none of your friends or family want to talk to you about Idaho football, that's what we're <laughs> here for. Uh, big Sky Pick'em. Week six, Boatman, welcome to the show. Yeah. Nice seven and zero. Oh. Um, hey man, I, sh- I should put some money out there with those results. Holy <laughs> crap! Yeah, I think you got to put some money on it this week. Uh, Brian <laughs> five and two, Chris four and three, TJ four and three. So not bad. We all we all picked more than we lost. But uh, weird week in the Big Sky. I mean, who saw Eastern getting smoked by Sac State? Uh, I did. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we, there you go, Welcome. Mr. 7 and 0. Welcome. <laughs> uh, the standings, however, uh, well, they're not quite fair because you've only had two weeks of results. You know, you know what I think it should be? I think it should be, be win percentage. percentage. 
I yeah. I thought of that, but uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm a banker. I don't. Do I gotta leave my place as as it is now. <laughs> yeah, uh, we might start adding it to make it fair to where Alex's is, but we need at least three samples, you know. Otherwise, it's a flawed result. Um, otherwise, Brian's in the lead with a 41-7 record. Chris is in second, 39 to nine. TJ, you're at 38 right, and 10. Right behind Chris. Yeah, last place like you've been all season. Uh, and then Alex Boatman at 10 and four. But I'm pretty sure if we did the math, his win percentage is significantly higher than yours. Um, week seven though, TJ, you can make up some ground because we are starting with you, then me, then Brian, and then Mr. Seven and O Alex proving us all wrong, and we can't steal your seven and O picks this week. North Dakota versus. Our opponent next week, the Mini Dome Prowling Kitty Cats, the Idaho State. What do you call them? The I Suck nope. You? Yeah, don't plug me too early. Oh, all right. Um, I won't. I'll let you keep it. Uh, I, I think North Dakota has had some big games this year, and I think they're going to be, beat ISU. I screwed up. North Dakota gets the win. I screwed up. That's right. I think you screwed up. Because I'm going all in on the Vandal playoff chances. That means North Dakota's getting too much love after UC Davis win. Uh, and playing great this year, we need the Bengals to beat them at home in the Holt Arena. Because we got to spank those Bengals next week. And we need the media hyping them up to be – we need to be dogs again. We need to keep proving everybody wrong. I'm taking the Bengals. Yeah, North Dakota is so dang tough to pick. One, because they're independent even though they play a big sky schedule. Uh, but two, they you know they looked good against UC Davis, and they also lost uh, against Eastern earlier, you know, the week before. So they're just tough to pick. Um, I'm going to go Idaho State. This is not a confident pick at all. Um, I just think that Idaho State is closer to the team that played Portland State uh, than the team that just got killed in Montana. Wow. Um, um, I'm going. Let's see. North Dakota has only played two road games this year, and one of those is in Fargo. So they've only play, had to travel once outside of their own state, and that was to Eastern. Uh, and they did not look good in that game. Idaho State, on the other hand, has looked good at home. So I'm going to go with University of Idaho Southern Branch uh, mm-hmm. to win the game oh, uh, on Saturday. Cool. Yeah. And also, and also, real quick uh, before we move on on that, Hit this, uh, the spread. hold on. I have the I have the spread. It is Give Idaho it State minus one. Uh, this, this is the well, start of TJ's big sky comeback. Epic comeback this week right here. here. Mm. Uh, we've got number 21. We switched the SES stats ranking, everybody, because the computer rankings didn't make Sorry. sense. <laughs> number 21, Sac State. The Hornets are going to number eight, Montana State. Uh, TJ. I'm going to go with the Mint and Montana State. I think this is a trap game for Montana State, but trap games at home are a lot easier to deal with. I'll take the Bobcats. I'm going to take Sac State because right now Montana State still has no idea what the hell they're doing at quarterback. They started using a wide receiver quarterback towards the end of the game to come back against Cal Poly. We'll see how much the the guy's name is Travis Johnson. Uh, We'll see how much they do that. But Sac State is for real. They should be ranked way higher than 21. Take the Hornets. Yeah, they're the UC Davis of last year. It's going to take them to like week 10 (laughs) to finally get respect. Uh, Sac State's going to experience a little hangover. From last week traveling to Montana State, who knows? Could snow in Bozeman this weekend? You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, we uh, know Monta- that. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that on this exact weekend. Montana State one and a half point favorites 
at home. So Vegas showing Sacramento State some love. Um, I'm going to roll with the Bobcats at home. All right. Uh, that means, man, this game. This is your root sports game of the week. They should. It should be like Sunday night football, and they should be able to flex. They should flex in the Sac State, Montana State, because nobody, nobody wants to watch Northern Colorado play Eastern Washington this weekend. It's going to be like sleeting in Spokane. It's going to be awful football. Eastern is like giving up on the season. It's going to be bad. TJ? I'm, I'm going with – I'm trying to win this big sky pick em. I'm going with Eastern. Uh, I – God, you know, I keep saying Eastern's going to be good, and they keep stinking. Um, but, hey, you know what? I guess – I'm. they bought my Airbnb for Frisco, so I'm going to stay on their wagon and keep them happy. Uh, I'll take the Eagles. If you read the big sky – podcast network power power rankings you know that this year against fcs teams eastern's averaging half as many points as it did in 2018 while giving up twice as many points which just means we know like the jury's in they're just not good we don't need to wait for them to turn around they're a talented team that is flawed and is not going to make playoff run but they're too good for unc so eastern unc giving up 19 and a half on the road in sheeney uh, Vegas clearly still looking at Eastern's uh, name right there. Um, supposed to be 56 and sunny and Cheney on Saturday. Uh, Eastern's offense, though, probably is going to be a little too much with Northern Colorado. Um, and they still have the potential to get in a possible shootout. And I, I still think Eastern, even though they're not scoring as many points, still has more firepower than Northern Colorado does. Cal Poly versus still ranked. Holding on to that ranking, number 24, UC Davis. Actually, that could be incorrect. I think I didn't update the old rankings, but uh, UC Davis. Sticking with Barry Arriere, uh, UC Davis. <laughs> Someone's been listening to uh, old hot take names. Wait, wait, hold on. TJ, can you explain the connection between Eric Barrier and UC Davis yeah, that wait. you just threw? Are you, yeah, what? Eric Barrier plus her Eastern. Oh, okay, sorry. My bad. Um you're talking uh, about Jake Mayermeyer? Mayermeyer, Mayermeyer, Mayermeyer. Okay. God, Hot Take Nate is ruining people's IQ on people Thank in the you. big sky. Mayermeyer, 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 Mayermeyer. That's how I'm going with. Mayermeyer, Mayermeyer. Uh, I am going to take cool boy. Cal Poly's kind of my crush this year. I like Jalen Hamler, but uh, I still am not giving up on UC Davis. So I'm just, if I'm going to keep Eastern, I'm going to keep the Aggies. I'm just like the saddest picker this week. Yeah, I'm going to go UC Davis. I mean, Davis is like Eastern. They're disappointing because everyone penciled them in as top 10. Uh, but they're not bad. The, all their losses, all UC Davis's losses are to good teams. You know, they they lost to Montana. They got killed to Montana. And then they lost at, lost at North Dakota. Well, North Dakota's not bad. Um, yeah. It's just we had really high expectations for these teams. It sucks that teams in our conference aren't doing what we wish they would. But UC Davis is still talented. They still have a real strong coach. They're not going to start losing to, to bad teams, I don't think. So I'll take UC Davis. Alex. UC Davis is laying 13 and a half at home on Cal Poly, according to five dimes. Um, so do with that as you will if you think Cal Poly can keep it close what's in the, the money line. But What's the over-under on that? 63 is what the total is currently set at. That's a pretty good one. I don't know. Um, I'm, I still think UC Davis probably has too much for Cal Poly. I don't know how Cal Poly is going to respond after almost getting a win last week. 
Um, pretty close game for Cal Poly to travel to. I don't know uh, how they'll bus or if they'll fly, but if they've got a bus up to, to Davis, California, that's not an easy trip. So I'm going to take uh, UC Davis. All right. And to round out the big sky this week, we've got that team nobody cares about down in Cedar Park, Utah against, uh, I'm assuming this is a rivalry game, number four, Weber State. Uh, stick with the other WSU, Weber State. At this point, we need Weber State to be good, and I'm picking for Vandal wins. So uh, Weber State rolls them like freaking 99-2. Weber State, and real quick, corner school, corner stool take. I wouldn't mind if uh, Weber State beat Southern Utah so bad that they just dropped out of the big sky. <laughs> Dude, that wax sounds pretty nice with Tarleton no. State and Dixie State, and, doesn't it? They go back to the Great West, the Great West <laughs> Conference back in the day. Anyone remembers that? Yeah, that's where Southern Utah can go. Um, Weber State laying twenty-three and a half at home on Southern Utah, according to Five Dimes. Total set at fifty-eight. Weber State's going to win outright. However, I would not be surprised to actually see a little sneaky backdoor cover by the Thunderbirds. Weber State coming off a really tough game for them at Idaho. Um, they kind of, I think that game took a little more toll on them than they thought. And then they go on the road to Northern Arizona next week, which is not easy. So this has a little trap game up for the spread written all over it. So watch out for a backdoor cover by the Thunderbirds. All right. That takes us in to FCS fans nation pick em challenge week six results. TJ, you broke your six streak again. Uh, you're to five points this week. I did not do well. Three points. Uh, the standings, however, Mitch dropping points, falling 10 behind the leader now uh, with 41. TJ Hopkins and Jamie Hill, you are tied at second with 37 points. You're only four. Jamie really made a climb. She was like 13 or 14 back at one point. Now she's only four off Mitch for the tub tokens. Uh, Connor Lindstrom, 32, still beating me. Um, and I'm in last with 31 points. <laughs> um Week seven, I know the Big Sky apparently way better than I know the FCS. I should never try to start an FCS podcast. Does not count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did miss a whole week. But so did Connor. He missed week one. So week seven, sand, so we'll be going Alex, Brian, Chris, TJ. Uh, oh, boy. San Diego versus Davidson. Oh, man. All right, San Diego, uh, nine-point favorites on the road. The Toreros will get the win. But, yeah, San Diego, no question. I'm actually, you know, I was listening to the Hero Sports Podcast, and they were a little high on Davidson. Maybe I listened a little too much. I'm going to take the whole, uh, former home of Stephen Curry. I have consulted Kyler Neal, number two uh, on this pick who also makes the pick Um Let's start a petition to get him out of there. Well, he's not eligible for prizes. Okay, well, still number two. Um, I'm going to go with the Stephen Curry's Davidson. Um, Bucknell versus uh, the worst toothpaste brand in the country. Don't sue us. Colgate. <laughs> Why do you got to do Colgate like that? Uh, real quick, Bucknell is 13 and a half point dogs to Colgate this weekend at Colgate. So I'm going to we'll go with Colgate at home. So back in the day when Idaho used to play games on Thanksgiving weekend, and often it was against some someone like Utah State back when we were in the WAC, and it was the bottom two teams in the conference plan, we used to jokingly call that the Bob Curtis Bowl. 
This is the Patriot League's Bob Curtis Bowl. Colgate 0-6, Bucknell 0-5. Someone's going to leave that game with a win. I'm going with Colgate. Uh, I'm taking the Bison. Why not? Bucknell. Heck yeah. Uh, brush your teeth when you go to bed, Colgate. <laughs> uh, real I'm... quick, yeah. Buck, Bucknell is ranked 244th in the country out of 256 on Saragon ratings. Well, they're about to move up after they, they beat Colgate. Yeah, this, yeah. What are you ranked in the FCS <laughs> yeah, pick'em? Kyle. Samford versus VMI, the cadets, surprisingly having a good season. They haven't been had a winning season in something like 30-something years, and they're getting there. Uh, getting being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, uh, our starting quarterback is now a graduate of Samford, so I've got to go with Samford. I'm going to take Samford, too. I'm going Samford. I had to look up that Steelers quarterback this, this week. So did I. Really? <laughs> I did it's not. Bridges, right? Uh, uh, or no. Duck. Duck Hodges. Hodges. Hodges, Hodges that's, that's right. Hodges. Yeah, yeah he um, was a stud last year. He did very well. He's excited. Um, Kyler, why are you still putting VMI in this? Uh, Samford. Yeah, this is one of the easier weeks, I thought. <laughs> uh, Real quick, the total is set at 80 for this game. Whoa! <laughs> Expected Sanford to score 70? <laughs> uh, Yale versus Dartmouth. The Actually, they're the only ones that they don't copy. I was mixing them a little Princeton. Uh, actually, watch the Dartmouth versus, Dartmouth versus Penn game last Friday night. Barn burner of a game. Uh, was impressed with Dartmouth, so I got to go with the big green. Nice. Good, good mascot shout out. Love that, Marcel. You know, I really, I really wanted to go with Yale for no reason other than that I, I imagine that I would like Yale more than Harvard. But uh, I'm going to go with Dartmouth. Sagarin says Dartmouth is better. I believe in Sagarin. Um, I'm going with uh, Dartmouth as well, just because. Uh, Actually, I don't know why I did that. I'm pretty sure I picked Yale. Yale. I don't know why I highlighted Dartmouth. Yale. My grandfather would be spinning in his urn if he found out I was cheering with the Dartmouth guy. But really, I'm going with Yale. Shout out office. Uh, yeah, shout out uh, Friday night Ivy League. It's shout pretty dope. OD. This week, Lafayette versus Princeton. Tune in Friday nights. Uh, you get to see the Ivies, which is kind of cool. Bernard. Um, Simo. Burst. Number 23, Austin P making moves, upsetting TJ's second favorite team, Jacksonville State, just a couple weeks ago, and yeah. now they are ranked, going against a formerly ranked Southeast Missouri State hard directional school. Um, Real quick, Southeast Missouri State is 155th in Saragon, and Austin P is – oh, man, I clicked the wrong P. Hold on. They are 167, so – What's the other – be careful in- what you're looking up there. <laughs> <laughs> Saragon uh, giving the edge to Southeast Missouri State and so is Vegas two and a half points on the road for Southeast Missouri State favorite um, but I'm going to roll with uh, I'm going to go with uh, I got with Austin P. I love the Governors I mean what a name there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm oh sorry Big man. Sky fans need SEMO to be okay because that's one of the big wins Montana State has is against SEMO so I'm going to go with the Red Hawks yeah, I'm going to go with uh, good old SEMO because I think they're actually pretty good. And Austin P, congratulations, but uh, um, SEMO. I'm sticking with APA after their big win against JSU. All right. Next, we have 
the South Dakota State Jackrabbits going to Youngstown to face the Penguins. Yeah, South Dakota State uh, lands seven on the road as a favorite. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Jackrabbits. Yeah, I'm there too, South Dakota State. Yeah, I'm not with you guys. I think Youngstown State looks freaking fire this year. Their defense looked so good at the beginning of the year. Um, I think South Dakota State's highly overrated, and we talked about quarterbacks being an issue. South Dakota State doesn't look like they've quite solidified that. I'll take Youngstown at home. Bo Pelini all day. Yeah, uh, I love this conference and all these games that they're happening week to week. Um, I picked Youngstown State. They bit me in the ass, so I'm going to go with San Diego State this week. San Diego State. With the Aztecs? TJ is all, all over, over the board this week. <laughs> God, Vandal S- Hangover, S- The man. other SCSU. Yeah, thanks. Hey, I was really surprised. In the Both of you guys got ready. South, <laughs> South Dakota State is ranked 76th in the country. Yeah. Dang. That's impressive. That Sorry. Is. Jack right. Rabbits, South Dakota State win. Thank yeah. you. Love you guys all. <laughs> I'll take Youngstown over Aztecs. Ooh, corner still take. Uh, number five game of the week, or not the fifth game of the week, but game of the week, number five Villanova versus the James Madison. I don't, I don't know if they're called the Fighting Dukes, but the Dukes. Fighting Dukes sounds cool. Um, game of the week. Who you guys taking? It's worth three points. Mm, man, uh, so looking at it, Villanova won 15th in Saragin. James Madison, I think I just saw him in the 80s, 90s range. Um, but James Madison is nine and a half point favorite at home. They're really respecting them, uh, really respecting the Dukes and their nice stadium they got. I think Villanova covers, however, James Madison outright win. Yeah, I'm going to go with James Madison. Although this is, if I watched non-Big Sky FCS games, this would be the game I'd be paying attention for. But like I said, I'm taking the Dukes. Lawrence, I'm so sorry. You know I love JMU, but I whew, tough game last week against Stony Brook. I'm gonna take Villanova. Well, am I still the leader in these FCS pickums? Thank you very much. Humble brag. Appreciate it. After the last call out, I had to take that one. Um, Lawrence, back up to you. I'm gonna go with JMU. I think Nova's win against Towson was a fluke, and I'm gonna go with the Dukes to win outright. All right, well, let's keep it with you, Mr. Leader of the FCS. What Man. FCS game are you going to watch this weekend that isn't the Vandals taking on the, the Mighty Vikings? I'm going to go with the other SDSU, South Dakota State University. Thank you, everyone on this pod. I appreciate you a lot. First Young Sound State. Uh, Alex, who are you watching this week if not the Vandals? You know, if I wasn't watching the Vandals – uh, I'd probably pay attention to what's going on in uh, Pocatello in the mini dome. I like that. You know, we did predict that to be a pretty interesting game with a lot riding on it for us in the future. Brian, who are you watching this week? Then, other than Idaho, it's Sac State at Montana State. Sac State's beat the hell out of the two FCS teams they played, UNC and Eastern Washington. Montana State hasn't lost against an FCS team. Um, their quarterback situation, you know, they might be on their third quarterback this year, depending on whether they choose to start Travis Johnson there, who's a, he's actually a former Oregon recruit who dropped down to Montana State, but they've played him at wide receiver. Um, he he kind of did the Troy Anderson thing last week for them and looked exactly like Troy Anderson doing it. So I want to see what the hell Montana State does with their quarterback, and I also want to see Sac State against a real top 10 team. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to really mix it up on people here. I know what you're thinking. Nova JMU's there. That's obviously got to be the game you got to watch. Wrong. 
We're taking you to the Elliott T. Bauer Stadium in Huntsville, Texas. Lamar is going to Sam Houston State, who is quietly putting together quite a nice season. This will be a really good test to see how the, uh, the Southland's going to turn out this year. Um, and I think a uh, big statement game for Sam Houston State is they continue to roll. Expect Sam Houston State in the playoffs. I'm going to tune in to mm. some of the opponents that might have to make a traveling trip up to uh, Moscow come Shout, November. Shouts out Matthew Frazee. Hey, and, real quick, real quick, Chris. A uh, couple other games to pay attention to. Thursday night, ESPNU, 3 p.m. Pacific. Bethune-Cookman goes to North Carolina Central. Bethune-Cookman is 4-1 and one this year. NC Central, which has dominated that league for some time, is only 2-4. and four. And then uh, they're only – and Bethune-Cookman's five-and-a-half point favorites on the road. Uh, that should be interesting. Also, Lafayette at Princeton Friday night. Love Friday night Ivies, even though Lafayette's not an Ivy. 29 is what Princeton is favored by. Um, at home Friday night, but love some FCS football on a Friday night. Go Watch it. it. Yes, and you. Yep. It's fun. No one's in the stadiums, but it doesn't matter. Ivy's on Friday. Let's do it. Get your wet naps ready. It's time for TJ's Wing Corner. And because of my poor performance last week, I'd like to let you know that on Saturday, I ate wings for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So here we go. Breakfast, eight wings, bad Alberts. We went with uh, sweet and spicy. Sorry, Chris, don't look at me. Eye contact wise, it's fine. Um, you know, if you like sweet and spicy wings, it's all you. Lunch, went out to my old folks' home, literally an old old person's home in uh, Tacoma. Dry wing, shitty wings. Had chicken wings that way. Dinner, eight wings, hot and spicy. Overall, what we're looking for is wherever you can get wings with the people you want to eat wings with, just just order them. You know, if you got four people with you, what are you trying to order group-wise? Go with some wings. I swear they will not do you wrong. It, you know, you it's a great meal shared-wise. Everyone gets three. It's even better that way. Um, Boatman, you are up next week, so get ready. Taste them out. Give me a couple. Um, yeah, that's TJ's Wing Corner. Shouts out T-Cash. Boatman with a three-week tease. It better be good. Oh, oh man. I'm nervous now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. And you, you can't do it in Ballard because we've already hit all the Ballard spots. You're going to have to go tease. I better try in Portland this weekend. There, there you go. There you go. Uh, Life of Riley for everybody that's going down. Vandal Bar, they got stuff up on the walls. Life of Riley, I'll throw that tag out there right now. Good Vandal Bar in the Pearl District. So go pregame there. Uh, time to close the bar. So that was a perfect time to do that. Uh, everybody, what's going on in your life real quick, and how can the people find you? TJ. Uh, at TJ Hopkins 13. Uh, I'm still catching up from my Vandal hangover. Yeah, that's, we all heard. That's not drinking-wise. That's not anything-wise. I'm sorry I wasn't live this week, but... Um, you know, we just kind of got this vandal feeling. So it's coming back. You'll hear the biggest vandal you've heard soon. We're coming back. Marceau. Follow me on Twitter at Brian Marceau. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. I continue to write the Big Sky Podcast Network Power Rankings and the Montana Mint Sports Newsletter. Sign up, sign up at montana-mint.com. Other than that, I should be submitting a fiction story pretty soon for the first time in a while. Try to get another thing published. Uh, and other than that, yeah, just follow me on Twitter. You'll find out everything you need to know. Boatman. Find me at Boatman Alex on Twitter. Uh, always looking out and tweeting stuff out there. Also, find me in Portland this weekend. A lot of vandals going to be showing up in the 
in the Rose City, just kind of some examples. I'll be there. Uh, guys like Ed Hall, Josh Ellingson, Zach Bayfis, Eric Hale, Matt Linehan, Trent Cowan, Isaiah Saunders, Jacob Sannon. Her maybe even Elijah Penny might make an appearance. Ooh, so are the Giants on a bye? Hopefully, I believe they are. They're yeah, always they are. on a bye the way they're playing. And yeah, wearing but, Sounders gear, so, I hope. So a lot of vandals. Vandal, yeah. So you know, you see us at the game on Saturday. Uh, be sure to you know give us a go vandals and yeah, it might be it's be weirdly big vandal vandal players reunion in Portland on Saturday. Yeah, I'll be down in Portland. So everyone that isn't a vandal player, uh, like I said, life of Riley would probably be there for a quick minute. Uh, also planning on just screw tailgating in Hillsboro. I see it's in walking oh. distance from the Top Golf, so you can find me oh. sh- shanking some balls with one too many Corona lights in me. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna act like it's summer out here. We're gonna try to golf and have a good time, beating up on the Vikings that are just vandals, but lamer. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. You can follow Big Sky Podcast Network at Big Sky Podcast to get all of our developments and content throughout the season. Obviously, no podcast. You probably caught on by that because it's Thursday and that would have been Wednesday. Thank you for everybody for listening. Next week will be homecoming. Keep your uh, ears out. Uh, We might not have a BSPT for you this week, but the band cast is firing up. Martin's got some people on. They're recording, um, I believe, Thursday, so we should have that out for you Friday for your drive. So once you're done taking five hours from Boise or Seattle or Portland, uh, you can fire us up, listen to us, then roll right into the band cast. Get excited because it is time for the best band in all the land to play us out the sound of Idaho. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. I'm coming next week. Go. Go Vandals. <laughs>